Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. My name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Well, uh, there's a late February winter snowstorm going on. Jeremy and I had had a plan for an episode that we would have uh, had to record in person. Um, but because of the uh, weather, that's going to have to wait a week. So this week, uh, we're going to do an episode that uh, we had an idea for. It's a little bit of a evergreen. Uh, we're going to talk about an all-time uh, list, an all-time starting lineup of players who played for both the Brewers and the Cubs. It's kind of surprising that we've never done this episode, but I had some fun researching it. Yeah, me too. Um, it's uh, obviously a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. And um, uh, yeah, I think um, I feel like certain guys have come up here and there, um, but uh, we are going to have our definitive list. So that should be good. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, it's episode number 152, which means we need to pick out a guy whose career finished in 152 of something. Uh, Jeremy, who is your guy? Well, Jack, I um, I did it. The, the guys, the 152 homers and wins guys were interesting. I feel like they were all kind of like about the same level of like my enthusiasm of wanting to talk about them, at least the guys that sure. I know. So I kind of mm-hmm. dug a little deeper. I went to stolen bases this time. And yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I will say 152 stolen bases doesn't seem like a, <laughs> you know, so the guys with 152 stolen bases are number 542nd all time in rankings so that's interesting you know just because of how much stolen bases don't happen anymore you'd you'd almost think 152 would be higher you hear 152 you're like oh that you know that's kind of a lot but uh you know under 500 on the list isn't isn't too good right yeah it's not necessarily notable um but uh so i went to that for uh anyway um what the one of the guys the the guy that i picked uh does have a brewer's connection so it fits Mm. uh topically with this episode so um uh, on the list with 152 career stolen bases is Dante Bichette. So I went with Dante oh. Bichette. Yeah, okay, interesting. Uh, certainly does have Brewers ties. I'm uh, I'm surprised that he has 152 steals. A lot of those must have happened earlier in his career. I feel like when, once he got to Colorado, he just became a, a power guy, definitely a steroids guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, let's see here. So, yeah, they, um, yeah, pretty much uh, definitely with Milwaukee. He stole a lot of bases, and he did actually steal a few. And uh, he 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 stole a respectable amount in Colorado, actually. Um, oh yeah, hundred and five of those hundred actually hundred and five of his hundred and fifty two were in Colorado. So, so there you go. Yeah, at uh, nineteen ninety six, he had thirty one steals. I n- I never would have uh, pegged him for a speed guy. Yeah, I wonder if the ball like floated from the catcher to second base or something, <laughs> and that's why they were able to steal. But um, yeah, so yeah, so that's odd. Um. Yeah, he was thirty. He was in the thirty thirty club in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's interesting. But um, yeah, you know Dante Bichette. I feel like uh, maybe fan favorite. Um, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even think it's it's necessary to research if he was on the uh, like the Mitchell report or if he tested positive for. I just assume he was on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you remember? If, was he? Did he ever? Was he in any report? Was he? Is he like? Uh, 
documented? I, 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 don't, I don't know, but I just I, I kind of assumed that him and Vinny Castilla were both steroids users, uh, yeah. and they were both helped out by Coors Field. If, if they weren't steroid users, great, but they also definitely uh, put up Coors Field numbers. And this was pre-Humidor days, too. Yeah, and they didn't, you know, they had no track record of doing what they would do in in uh, in Colorado. Like, there was no indicators that they would become those kinds of hitters so it, it's no, all very and, and nor, nor were they when they left yeah exactly um so so yeah it's an odd one um uh bichette played uh 14 years seven with the rockies uh he started with the the angels then he went to the brewers um ended with the red Sox, and the the there was a year with the uh or half a year at least with the um the reds in there somewhere, which I don't really remember. That was definitely, mm-hmm. those were during the dark, the Jeremy dark ages <laughs> of baseball. But um, yeah, I think now, you know, he's most not- notable for being the father of Bo Bichette, um, second baseman, I think for the blue Jays. Um, so the, the lineage continues. He, there was a Dante Bichette jr. Too, that played baseball, I think. Uh, but uh, I don't think he really made it. In fact, it's kind of sad. I'm, I mean, I'm like 99% sure there's a Dante Bichette jr. Uh, but on baseball reference, it just says father of Bo Bichette. It doesn't even like list the other Bichette. Um, That's I don't sad. Think, I, yeah. I, I don't think I'm making that up. I'm pretty sure that there was another Bichette uh, son in, in baseball, at least in the minors. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, um, so yeah, so, uh, but yeah, he, that's, he was one of the, what Blake street bombers they were called. Yeah, I think that was uh, him, Larry Walker, Vinny Castilla, maybe Andre Galarraga. Yeah, Galarraga. Ellis Burks got in there at some point as right. one of them. Yep. Yep. And then they gave way to uh, the Todd Heltons of the world. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so yeah, he was just kind of one of those like kind of um, uh, those Rockies, like um, early early day Rockies that that mashed homers in that weird stadium. Uh, so th- he made the all-star team four out of five years, three years in a row from 94 to 96. Um, yeah, I mean, just one of those dudes, he's just like a, one of those dudes from the nineties that was like built like the incredible Hulk hit a bunch of homers and had a mullet. That's pretty much all you need to know about Dante Bichette. Um, so, so yeah, so I, of all the, of all of his stats, um, Homer or stolen, stolen bases, how he gets into the podcast, but, uh, he's in nonetheless. Nice, uh, very good, and also also good on him for naming his kid Bo because you don't you don't hear that name too much anymore. But it's yeah. a it's a it's a good name. Um, uh, okay, well uh, I like it. My uh, my one fifty two guy. I picked someone who had one hundred and fifty two wins. I picked Jake Peavy. Nice. Yeah. So uh, obviously he was really good with the Padres. Won a Cy Young for them in two thousand seven. Had the triple crown of pitching that year. Led the led the National League in wins, ERA, and strikeouts. Um, I remember him with the Padres, of course. Um, you know, I sure remember him with the, uh, the Giants uh, as well. Um, he won two straight World Series in 2013 and 14 with the Red Sox and Giants. But, uh, you know, I would be remiss to uh, not mention his time with the Chicago White Sox. Um, you know, it was a very White Sox pickup. Uh, they picked him up kind of just after he was, he was really good. Um, he ne- they never made the playoffs with Jake Peavy at all, uh, and then they traded him away, and then he won two World Series in a row. 
um, for them. So it was a very, very White Sox, <laughs> very White Sox pickup. Um, he actually wasn't very good for the Sox. He only started three games for them in 2009 when they acquired him, which, you know, isn't great. He had two years of, well, of a ERA well above four. If you round up both those years, his ERA was about five. So he had his two worst seasons with the Sox. Um, and then in his best year with them, uh, he made the all-star team, and then they traded him away for in a crazy three-team deal that looks like it netted them Avisail Garcia. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. Um, his career ERA is 363, uh, but it was just like one of those White Sox pickups like when they got James Shields where the guy was just a little bit uh, past his prime and, and ultimately never really did anything for them. He did hit three career home runs, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He hit 168 for his career. I read that – so pitchers are no longer batting anymore, but I read that they hit wow. 110. Um, uh, as a you know, as a unit this year, just pitchers all across the league hit 110. But uh, P, you know, PV was 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 pretty okay. Uh, 168 with three home runs for his career, and he made 127 million dollars in his his career, which is pretty. Uh, I, hey, I know he won the Cy Young, but that seems like a lot for Jake PV. Yeah, um, yeah, weird career. I mean, he was so dominant as a Padre for sure. Um, and then like, yeah, it was interesting to see him come back and get that ring with the giants in was it did you say 14 was it 2014 yeah it was 14 yeah yeah um but uh yeah i don't know what to yeah i mean yeah yeah i feel i feel like there were some like jake Peavy was kind of like the original madison bumgarner uh noah Syndergaard, like i'm gonna pitch through the pain or something but like i don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what the circumstance of, about what about that was but like i just i just know like he was like you know, he was the ex- or, or like the original like extreme like pitcher who's like like pain doesn't bother me. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I mean, he he definitely uh, he he's from Alabama. He definitely like carried himself like he was one of those pitchers from the South. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, him and John John Lester would probably be friends. Even though I think John Lester's from Washington State, isn't right. he? Yes. Yes. He's yeah. a fake Southerner. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, um, he would have fit right in with uh, with all those guys like John Lackey. Actually, I think him and Lackey were on the same staff in Boston, and Lester too. All of those guys were on the 2013 Red Sox. So, uh, oh. so there you go. Just was just in, imagine uh, what what being a young guy on the uh, in in the locker room on that team would have been like. Was that the chicken and beer team? Ooh, uh, I, so it looks it like he be. was on the Red Sox in 2013. Uh, that yeah. was the year they won the World Series. So I don't. I, I think the I think the beer oh. and chicken team may have been uh, a couple years before that. Lester and Lackey were definitely involved in that, but uh, I don't think PV was. PV was sure that was 2011. Uh, uh-huh. Chicken and beer. Um, okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, not to, not PV doesn't sk- uh, uh, skate by without us digging up the dirt the drudge report the the rain delayed drudge report because um i don't know if you remember jack but i certainly remember uh, when jake Peavy got arrested at the airport do you remember that oh i don't remember that no so i got the article pulled up here it's from january 26 2007 uh pv apologizes for airport conduct charge dropped uh jake Peavy's disorderly conduct charge was dismissed after the padres pitcher apologized for a confrontation with a security officer when he double parked to unload baseball gear at mobile regional airport uh, he was arrested in his hometown after he parked in front of the airport entrance january 4th uh, the 25 year old player was taking equipment on a church mission to help children in the dominican republic when the airport officer ordered the vehicle moved or be ticketed pv indicated he would take the ticket 
<laughs> PB then made a comment about, quote, a real cop as opposed to airport <laughs> security and was subsequently arrested and booked into Mobile Country Metro Jail. Um, and then he like, yeah, he apologized and I guess it was thrown out. Um, it's funny that he was on a mission, like a church mission. Um, but, uh, also like, um, you know, so this is like, you, you know, you obviously can't do that. Like it's going to the airport is crazy. And like, you know, you gotta like, um, keep moving and all that stuff. Like picking up and dropping off people at an airport is, is pretty hectic. This is in 2007. So it's a lot closer to nine 11. When, when a lot of that stuff kind of came down and uh, then you got Jake Peavy just straight up disrespecting the security guard and, um, you know, and on, on the way to a church mission, it's just funny. Yeah, um, it, it is it, kind of funny, though, that it, it seems like the uh, the cop, it, it was like the, the cop's individual decision. They said it was uh, he was booked uh, on the recommendation of the individual officer involved in the chief of Air, airport police. So it sounds like he just pissed off this like rent a cop at the airport. Uh, and then like the, the cop, like the the cops, uh, airport cops, like boss backed him up. And so they just they ended up uh, arresting Jake Peavy. So, you know what? That uh, the the chief of airport police, that guy's pro- probably a good boss, you know. <laughs> yeah. Some uh, some some rich dude is just being a dick to one of his officers, and he's like, "Well, fuck you, dude. We're gonna we're gonna arrest you." And now now you're in uh now you're in the news. Yeah, I suppose like you know there was no concern about like, oh, hey, this is Jake Peavy. I'm a fan. Maybe he'll get me tickets. Whatever. I mean. He couldn't have. They would have had to go to, to San Diego to get the free tickets. So there really, I guess there isn't really an incentive there. Like, what is he going to do for them in Alabama? Like, get them into a, you know, a what are they called? The Crimson? The fight? Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Crimson old, Tide. The Crimson Tide. Yeah, like yeah. Is he going to get them into one of those games? Otherwise, I'm sure they're not interested. So, so yeah, I guess Jake Peavy can't really help. You know, can't really grease any palms there. No, it'd be it'd be like if Nicky Delmonico tried to bribe us with uh, tickets to his North Carolina minor league team. Right, um, exactly. Wherever they are. Uh, okay, well, yeah, that's that's my 152 guy. Uh, I don't have much more about Jake Peavy, uh, uh, and why and why should I? So that's uh, that's it. We'll see. We'll see. What 153 is next week. Very nice. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Um, so um, yeah, in uh, other baseball news, before we get into the main topic, um, uh, it's a big week this week for baseball collectors um because while there is no real baseball going on nor are there uh, i i don't know when pitchers and catchers were supposed to report i assume it would have been like this week right i think it was february uh, the tuesday after the super bowl this week so okay. um a couple 15th, days ago yeah mm-hmm. so um so yeah yeah so that's not happening but what did happen yesterday was that uh the new uh tops uh series one baseball cards came out for 2022 Um, so that's like, as, since I've gotten back into, um, baseball card collecting, um, it's one of the, like the first kind of touchstones of the winter, um, to help like signify that baseball is coming. Of course, there's no real reason to expect that now, but, um, it's cool to like, it's like, it's a watershed moment for like the upcoming year when the, when the first series of cards comes out. So, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, the big chase this year is Wander Franco rookie card um, and any sort of like autographs or inserts or whatever. So um, we live by the local card shop, um, you know, Chris Bryant's favorite hangout. Uh, by the way, I went in there and um, we should go in there sometime, Jack, first of all. Um, yeah, sure. I was going to say like, you know, if you wanted to 
pick up some packs or whatever, you should you should stop in there. But yeah, um, is that the one on Montrose? Yeah, it's just right okay, over. Yeah, I, right yeah, over I walked there. past that the other day. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's the one Jeremy is talking about. I guess it yeah. was. There's only two baseball card shops in the city of Chicago, which is pretty fucked up. But wow, that's weird. Okay, um, and they're they're like uh, they're like within four blocks of each other. Um, I That's think crazy. I think the one just opened up in Bridgeport, but anyway, um, but uh, so so I walked over there and picked up some packs, and I was I was ripping some packs, um, trying to trying to find some good stuff. Um, so I'm happy to report that I did pull a Wander Franco rookie card. So I got that right there. Yeah, um, that's 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 pretty cool, man. Me and Jack are on video, so I'm showing him yep. the the Wander yeah. card. I got it all mm-hmm. top loaded and sleeved up. Um, it's a little off centered, so I probably wouldn't get that one graded, but uh, it's still cool to pull one myself. Um, a couple highlights here that I can uh, I can I'm going to show Jack really quick is uh, this is the first year of um, Cleveland Guardians cards. Mm, yeah okay so okay their uniforms don't look that different but tops photoshops the uniforms to look like oh they say they say guardians on it yeah okay so i got uh horam i got uh bieber yeah josh naylor oh josh does that naylor. say does that say guardian yeah it does say guardians oh that's mm. weird okay yeah so they photoshopped that in so got a couple guardians cards that photoshop um, looks that photoshop looks good some of yeah they they've definitely gotten better over the years um they look pretty good uh i got a couple brewers here for you jack i got um corbin burns and i got uh your buddy devin williams right there oh yeah 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 nice um yeah what does it say on his williams's blurb his season ended abruptly when he punched a a wall uh devin has quote change upped his way into the relief elite it's likely a lefty curveball coming out of a right-hander. It's like a lefty curveball coming out of a right-hander, says manager Craig Council. That's not exaggerating. That's literally the shape. It's nasty. <laughs> what, a, that's, what, that's, what, what a bunch of omission there. Um, <laughs> right, I know. It's like for, they, yeah. they should say, quote uh, collected, June 2021 or something. <laughs> uh, but um, so one, Yeah, Burns, Burns is a good pull, though. Yeah, one. well, the cool thing about Burns is that um, the way that they like organize the cards, like the way that they're collated by the machine, they, they're always in kind of like the same pattern, or at least certain guys are in sequential pattern with the other guys. So in all the packs that I've seen open, Burns comes right before Wander Franco. So I opened up a pack and Burns was the first card on the in the pack. So I'm like, yeah. oh, awesome! I'm I'm gonna pull a Wander, and then I I I went to the next card and it was Wander. So. So that's cool. So if you see a Corbin Burns, you're going to get a Wander Franco, unless it's the last card in the pack. Nice. Yeah, Corbin Burns was glad that his team made it over the vaccine threshold so they could loosen the restrictions, even though he himself was not <laughs> vaccinated. Um, Any way you can help out those who are not willing to help out others. Right, right, um, yeah. Uh, that's cool. So I see here Anthony Rizzo with the Yankees and Chris Bryant with the uh, Giants. The Giants one, I don't know if it just looks weird on my camera, Jeremy. The Giants have like, it's got like an orange hat on. These are some sort of like I think these might have been the Giant City Connect uniforms. Yeah, okay. It is it is a weird looking uniform. Yeah, uh, it looks like shit. I don't like it. Well, it's certainly not a Cubs uniform, and that's that's what the big <laughs> problem with the picture is. But yeah, Rizzo looks good in that picture. Yeah, he does. He looks he looks like a he kind of looks like a natural born Yankee, doesn't he? He, he sure does. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think there's a Baez one too, but I didn't pull Baez yet. Um, I got a couple of vets here, uh, Granky and 
and Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, I forgot Granky was playing. The, um, the crazy thing about these guys, though, is if you look at the back of their cards. Um, yeah, just, just it's nothing but stats. Yeah, it, yeah you gotta no, love that. No room for blurbs, all stats, and yep. just like all small print, just to fit all of their stuff on there. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's always my favorite. Yeah. Um, and then I got some stars here. I got uh, I got Trout. Okay, it looks like he's fielding a grounder. That's a weird, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah, a weird I know. Picture of him. Certainly not showing off his hitting prowess. Um, not that he played that much last year anyway. Mm-hmm. I got Tatis. That's a good picture of Tatis there uh, after he swung. Okay, yeah. I like that. Looks like he's looking at a homer down the line maybe or something. Yeah. I got Otani, the big guy. All right. This is card number one. So he, oh, was it really? He got the distinction of being card number one. Okay. Uh, for the set, so that's pretty cool. And then um, well, I got a Patrick Wisdom in a Cubs uniform. Oh, nice. That's a City Connect. That's yeah, cool. Okay. That's a pretty cool one. And then I, I like this one. I got a Gavin Sheets rookie card. Ooh, I wonder if that's uh, the game we were at. I, You know what? I think it is, actually. Because I yeah. think cause they made a Tops Now card of that, the one where you hit the walk-off homer. And I think mm-hmm. he like watched it go, and I, so I think that I think this is from the one we were at. So that's pretty nice. Cool. We, we must have seen him hit three homers last we, year. We did. He's like at the top of the you know of the rain delay theater home run uh, stats list. Sure. Um, in just one season. So yeah. So those uh, that's those are the highlights from the uh, from the packs. I opened about uh, I opened like fourteen packs, I think, or something. Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's always a fun time. So those are out and. Um, it's going to be Wander Mania this year. Like prices, his prices are going crazy. Um, even though, uh, you know, well, I think he's proven enough, but uh, they're they're going like really, really high, and so those will come down a little bit. That that Wander card. Some people get the packs early, like people who own card shops, and so some people are selling them on like Monday, Tuesday, um, uh, night and they were going for like 40 something dollars um right now that card is about 20 dollars but um, mm-hmm. probably go down a little more but yeah so those are the big highlights for this year and the the design too we should talk about the design a little bit i guess it's pretty standard white border people like the borders um people some people were saying that it looks kind of more like a bowman card which is like their prospect line and i i kind of agree with that but it has like it's a very white centric design kind of like i think like the 2011 or 2013 i think the 2013 set was very white centric so um yeah i don't know but uh they look they look pretty they look look cool i'm always happy when the new cards come out yeah uh that that's exciting stuff um and it's it's weird that rizzo and bryant uh or, or really all of these guys who haven't signed yet they had to give them cards with somebody Right. Um, so Rizzo has a Yankees card, even though he may not play on the Yankees in, in 2022. So that's yeah. that's neat. Yeah, it's that's one of the things. It's like you wish that they were more on on up to date, but they print these cards so damn early. I think like um, that you know, yeah, it's just impossible to to catch them up to date. Like Marcus Stroman is is uh, has a card and he's on the Mets, and it is what it is. He'll he'll be on the Cubs in in the update set. Oh man, yeah, he signed with the the Cubs a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's pretty cool, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, you'll have to let me know if you pull any more uh, any more Brewers. Yeah, I got, I did get a Christian Yelich. Oh, uh, nice. Is it, is there is the picture of him just standing there with the bat on his shoulder, or what's? <laughs> yeah, it's actually um, uh, Will Smith um, fist pumping. 
Yeah, right, right. It's that that's that's his car. Yeah, it would be uh be tough to, you know, find any highlights for for Christian Yelich. The photographer for Tops uh, probably had a tough time with that one, so. Right. Well, more Photoshop opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Jeremy, uh, some, some good Cubs news. I'm actually pleased to hear it too, yes. since I watch, watch a lot of Cubs games on TV. Uh, JD and Boog were both inked to uh, multi-year contract extensions. Yeah. I don't think they gave away the terms necessarily, but I, I have to say I'm quite surprised just because of all the writing on the wall. It really seemed like they were forcing out Jim Deshays. Um, and so for them to like re up him, I'm like, I'm wondering if maybe they were, kind of shuffling in some new people in case he didn't come back or something, but I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. If they continue that kind of rigmarole of just putting in a bunch of randos, um, like, like Ryan Dempster. Um, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully Deshays is in there for a majority of the, the one sixty. well, or however many games they play this year. Yeah, sure. I, I can understand a guy taking a couple days off. Uh, right. Absolutely. But uh, as as much as it seemed like he was out of the booth last year, just to so they could get under, uh, other guys in, it, you're right. It it did seem like uh, the writing was on the wall. But I, I'll say this: if they lost Len Casper one season, and then the very next year they lost JD, who's very popular with Cubs fans, even though he never played for the team, maybe mm-hmm. that makes him better as a Cubs announcer. There, there would have been an <laughs> insurrection against the marquee network. So I'm I'm glad. <laughs> I'm I'm glad he I'm glad they got him back because I really do and their their call is uh, the best like local sports network in the game I think the Mets are pretty good too but the yeah. Cubs is you really you you almost can't beat it I I yeah I think so too and man that you you pose a good an interesting question Jack would I participate in an insurrection of the marquee network I actually <laughs> think I think I'd have to I think I'd have to turn out for that one Jack. I was going to say, yeah, JD coming back or not. I, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think you, you still would. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I already have my, my, my reasoning, but yeah, so that's good, good stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So like, you know, as we record this too, obviously like as an update from the last episode, um, the lockout is still going on, uh, newsflash. Um, and they met today, um, for a total of 15 minutes. So that sounds really promising. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I was thinking is maybe if, maybe if they can get a deal done by March 1st, they can still start on time. Um, I think mm-hmm. that, first of all, spring training, I think, used to be so long because these guys would go, you know, in the 40s and 50s, these, even, the, even the 60s, guys would work jobs in the offseason and probably just like, you know, drink beer and uh, work a day job and like get fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they would come to spring training and have to work it off for six weeks. Every single one of these guys has a facility like a private facility that they're working out in with and personal trainers and uh uh whatever i what, what was who was that tyler matzik even fucking tyler matzik tyler nutsack um when he was out of, out of the big leagues like he was working with a, a personal uh like you know pitching guru to try to get himself right so you can't tell me that these guys aren't working out and in game shape right now so you know as, as long as they have a month do they really need more than that no, I don't think so, and I think that they would be in favor of just kind of <clears throat> getting it going. And yeah, I wonder if they started then, like, you know, how quick the turnaround would be to like have everyone report and then like do some workouts and then start some games. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I I agree that I think they could probably turn it around pretty quick if they need to. Um, 
and yeah, hopefully, hopefully those opening days we're starting to, I'm already starting to like talk about planning for like, you know, going to games. So it's like, I, um, you know, I'd like to, uh, it would be nice to know if those games are going to happen or not. Yeah. Uh, fif- 15 minutes, man. Have you ever seen the movie 15 minutes? <laughs> uh, yes. I, that is, is that the one with Ed Burns? Yeah. And, Ed yeah. Burns and, and Robert De Niro are in it. Yeah. And, I did uh, see that this, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 there's this actor named Avery Brooks and he has a line where he goes, okay, kid, you'll get your 15 minutes. And I think it's in the, I think that's in the trailer. So you're <laughs> like, uh, I, you always love, you guys gotta love that when the title of the movie is, uh, is in, is, is a line in the movie. My, my friend, uh, my friend, Chris and I, non-listener Chris, we say that to each other sometimes, but, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's the labor negotiations. Uh, shall we get to our topic? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, Jeremy and I, um, throughout the duration of this podcast, have always, you know, randomly been talking about a guy and been like, oh, yeah, he's a former brewer and he's a former cub. Jeremy might interject or vice versa. Do you, um, do you want to say how it came up this time around, Jack? Uh, ooh, no, why don't you say it? Actually, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll say it. I'll yeah. take credit for it. So as you know, um, uh, if you follow us on Twitter at Rain Delay Pod. Um, we are doing a rain delay player of the day. Uh, that's just, it's just a random guy from whenever one of the, you know, 20,000 major league baseball players who've played. Uh, we're just, we're just posting a random guy every day, linking to his baseball reference and putting a picture up there. Um, so, uh, the other day I, I put Troy O'Leary up there and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jeremy, I think his Troy O'Leary's wife liked the post. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We had a like on there and it was from a some, something O'Leary and I clicked on it and I saw that it was like, she, she's like her profile says like wife to Troy O'Leary. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> Thank yeah. God we didn't say anything shitty about the man. Um, yeah. you know, the, the, um, the rain delay player of the day is presented without comment. Um, <laughs> sometimes there, it might be more obvious than others why we chose that particular picture or that player, but, um, they are presented without comment. Thank God. And uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. O'Leary is none the wiser about our thoughts about her husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And hey, you know, he he may or may not be on my all Cubs Brewers team. And, okay. Uh, so that that must mean he did he did okay. But hey, who knows? Maybe maybe Troy O'Leary's uh, checking this episode out. So uh, if um, this is going to be a classic, you know, remember some guys episode. So uh, mm-hmm. I think we definitely remember Troy O'Leary. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, I had I had. Uh, said jeremy let's start with our uh with our we're gonna we're gonna name a a roster here is what we're gonna do so we picked one guy for each position um and then uh you know a starting pitcher a relief pitcher a closer whatever whatever you want um and then one guy we wish we could just wipe from the face of history for our team and then you Um, picked a utility guy too jack right i did i sure did uh and a utility guy as well then i just had a couple guys of note uh that we can talk about after who didn't necessarily make the team um, all right. Uh, well, uh, you mind if I kick us off, Jeremy, in the outfield? Yeah, go for it. Sweet. Well, uh, I picked another Jeremy for, uh, for, for my all outfield here. My right fielder mm-hmm. is Je- uh, not, not spelled the same as you, but nope. Jeremy Bernitz. As a Jeremy, I, I'm highly in tune to the different ways that people spell Jeremy. There's actually a lot of different names. Uh, my name, my way is the correct way, of course, but um, <laughs> Jeremy... Jeremy Bernitz's spelling is one of the more uh, audacious ones, I would say. 
But yeah. Um, but yeah, but it has no effect on his playing uh, at all because I also picked him uh, as my right fielder. Nice. And, and, and why not? Um, yeah. yeah, the guy, the guy was awesome. Um, just being a Brewers fan growing up in the, uh, uh, the, the late nineties, um, Jeremy Burnitz was the, the best player on some, some bad Brewers teams. Uh, he's definitely the kind of guy that you like as a kid. Um, you know, he, he, he was, you thought he was a lot better when you didn't know as much, as much about baseball, um, <laughs> you know, than, than in retrospect, but even then though, even, even looking at that, he, he still put up some some pretty darn good numbers uh a lot of years of 30 plus well not a lot but you know basically four years of 30 home runs and 100 rbis for the brewers which was awesome uh i just remember him as just being a a powerful dude who could who could hit it out of the park and one thing i like about jeremy burnett's looking at his pictures now is that he does not look like an athlete um right he certainly does not look like I, i would you know be uh just completely shocked to find out he was a steroid guy um he did not have an athlete's body he just looked like a he looked like a regular guy he actually i, I was reading some interviews about him he, he actually spoke out against steroids his, his quote was uh you know when i when i'm 50 i'll be playing in the backyard with my kids and and they'll be dead so it's like <laughs> jesus that's a little crazy that's a little kind of a crazy thing to say um, he, what what he does just, that mean that he's gonna kick their like he'll beat them in baseball? What is I don't know what that no, I th- means. I think he thinks that like steroids will kill you. Well, I mean, and hey, if you if you look at professional wrestlers, oh oh uh, oh, oh oh okay, yeah. the, the other players will be that not his kids. No, okay. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, thank you know, thank goodness. Um, I, he was known as like a tough, like hard nosed guy, but I don't think he was that tough. Uh, but if if you look at pictures of the guy too, just his face. He looks like a, a player from the '60s and '70s, yeah. not um, not not a player currently. I mean, you know these or, these. Yeah, go ahead. Well, even or even of or even of uh, turn the turn of the century too. I feel like he kind of looks like he could be on like one of those tobacco cards. Like like if you had just like a white blousey uniform on him, like sure. I could see he kind of looks like I don't know like Ty Cobb or something or artist <laughs> renderings of other turn of the century baseball players. No, definitely. Like if if you Google Jeremy Burnitz and just look at the images uh, in the second row, there's this picture of him on the Mets in like a black jersey, and uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely looks like just an an oh. old guy. He's got sideburns. You see that pic? Yeah, I do see that. That one definitely like is like he's got a '70s vibe going for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. um, uh, and he's he's totally a Brewer too, Jeremy. Uh, I, yeah. I you know I'm sorry. I know he played a year for the <clears throat> Cubs. Um, but like this guy's a brewer all the way. Like he, he just looks like a blue collar dude. He played in New York and I was, I was looking at some quotes of his and he was quoted by the New York times. Like, did this guy even realize he was being interviewed by the New York times, the most famous <laughs> newspaper in the world? Like when he was talking to them, it, it just, it, it blows my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I love the guy. Yeah. He's definitely a brewer as, as you know, um, I have another guy who's definitely a brewer as well. Never before was it player made for for a team but uh um but yeah the if there's one reason why Burnett's wouldn't make the list is because he only played one year for the Cubs but he, sure. he 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 was pretty he was serviceable that year and um I think he stands out to Cubs fans as a as a former Cub as well so um so yeah I think that made him worthy of making the list nice very good um all right so we both have had him as a right fielder cool 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 uh i'll just go on to my center fielder then um Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if we had overlap here too but i picked jim edmonds uh that as as did i jack 
Nice. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Jim Edmonds was not on the Brewers for as long as I thought he was. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he's – I would say either him or Burnitz. So I was going for best – you know, I was trying to think of best all-time Brewer Cub, and it's it's got to be Burnitz or Edmonds. Um, I, I don't know which one I would choose um, uh, one over the other. Edmonds was mostly washed up when he played for the Brewers and Cubs, so he kind of doesn't really get my vote. Yeah, for overall, yeah. Um only one year on both teams and like yeah, mm-hmm. he actually was played more games with the Cubs than the Brewers. Um but, you know, he did he had a okay showing for the Cubs um after maybe being released, I think. Was he did yeah, I actually, I, I could just pull it up, I'm sure, but uh he I think he was like released and picked up by the Cubs as like a like a late season guy, like, cause they were, maybe they had just suffered an injury or something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Then he like, it's weird. He didn't play the, he, that was in 08. Then he didn't play in 09, but then he played, um, in 2010 with the Brewers and the, and the Reds. And yeah, it's they, both, both, uh, runs were just a blip on his radar. But, um, but I think being that they're equal and that he was overall a great player, um, you know, I think it makes him worth, being on the list for sure. Did he have some drama with like a divorce recently? Um, I can't remember. I know that he got COVID. He was like one of the, he was an early COVID guy and he was like, actually said, Hey guys, it's real, you know, <laughs> like, uh-huh. um, which like, I guess hopefully that might've you know, convinced some players who, you know, only take news from other baseball players, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So there was that, uh, I can't remember if there was any, I feel like, I feel like there has been some odd, like off the field, Jim Edmonds drama, like, you know, in, in our, you know, in, in our lives or whatever. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, before he got there, he was a heck of a player, but I, I think just, uh, when you look at overall counting numbers, he's a fine choice for center field. Um, okay, moving on to left field, I, I think this is where we're maybe going to differ. Um, I picked Troy O'Leary for mine. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we've already kind of uh, talked about Troy O'Leary a little bit here on this episode, but uh, I'll just say that it baffles me that he had a season where he had 28 home runs and drove in 103 runs for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, those are good numbers. That was by far his best season. I don't, I don't know how he did it. Um, he was on the Brewers for two short years, so the very first Stratomatic season— my dad and I had in 1994. He was on the Brewers, um, so that's that's how I knew knew him as a Brewer. But you know, it, he bookended his career. Uh, started with Milwaukee and he ended with the Cubs. Yeah, um, it's it's weird because I like it's like I know like um, when uh, when you posted him, Jack. I was like, you know, like I think you. I'm, I can't remember if you just put the Brewers hashtag with his name, but like I was like mm-hmm. he was you know former Cub as well. Um, I actually thought he was on the Cubs longer than he was, but uh, he only played in 93 games in 03. So that was the 03 team. I mean, that was the Bartman year. I kind of don't – it's like I feel like my um, my uh, like frame of reference for Troy O'Leary as a Cub is, is off. I, maybe I'm confusing him with Damon Buford or something. <laughs> I thought he was with the team longer than that. Um, and I don't really remember him at, like on that 03 team. I just – I think he was maybe like a fourth outfielder for the team maybe. And, uh, okay. it was just that, but, uh, I looked at his game log and he, he appeared like all season long. So I think he was just like a fourth outfielder who didn't mm-hmm. get much action. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think as, uh, he certainly is like his best years were with the, the Red Sox. So that's kind of like, 
that that would have precluded him from my list based on my criteria, I guess. Because I, I, okay. try, I try to pick only guys based on their Cubs and Brewers uh, track records. Who, who did you have for left field? Uh, I had Derek May. Mm, okay, Derek May. Which is I definitely a, remember him. It's a completely un uh, exciting pick. Just I, I remember Derek May as a little kid, and like I just he seemed like the most boring guy. Um, ninth pick overall. He's generally I think considered a Cubs bust, even though he did actually play for the Cubs for a bit, but never a huge output. Um, I it seems like his best year as a Cub was. 20 or it was 1993 he uh, hit 295 with 10 homers in 128 games but that's not enough to the average is nice but you want a little more power than that from your left fielder especially when they're the ninth overall pick so mm-hmm. he's generally considered a, a, a disappointment um and he barely has any brewer stats but <sighs> um you know he he his contributions as a cub were large enough to make him on to put him on my list. I suppose if I dug a little deeper, I could have found someone. But I was also trying to stay along um, positional guidelines too. And mm. So May was a true left fielder. Yeah, right, right on. Yeah, uh, O'Leary kind of played all over the place. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's I oddly remember him on the Brewers. Uh, I think '95 was like one of the first years I really started being aware of baseball, and he was on that team to start this season. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one though. Um, and I, I think you've talked before, Jeremy, about how he was kind of a, a bust, like a first round bust. So yeah, um, yeah, I I like it. Uh, I remember I called him like Doric Doric May, like because he uh-huh. just seemed like kind of just lame. Like not cool, <laughs> just kind of dorky. <laughs> um, all right, well, well, let's uh, let's go to the infield. Uh, first, first base. Um, my <laughs> my first base is kind of a cop out. Uh, let, let me just say before we go here that uh, overall, this list was not good. There were not many good players on this list. If Jeremy Burnitz and a washed up Jim Edmonds were the two best, <laughs> um, it's and that figures. The teams are in the same division, so they probably don't trade amongst each other a lot. Uh, but yeah, it was it just not a very good list. My first baseman, like I said, kind of a cop-out. Not super positional, but he did play over 200 games at this position. But uh, Matt Stairs was my first baseman. Okay. Um, yeah. I. Um, so I guess I could say it now, since, and then we can just talk about Matt Stairs. I, I had, Matt Stairs had to be on my team. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to put him in right field. And like I, if I had to put him somewhere, I would have put... Um, him at first base, but I, I, I put him for my utility guy, um, just which seems fitting for him anyway. Um, but we'll talk about I can I can you know expound on my true feelings about Matt Stairs uh, later. But um, but yeah, so I I picked I, I you know and we could we can go back and talk about these guys. But um, I, I I couldn't like it was hard for me to pick a first baseman uh, and a true first baseman. So. <laughs> For the hell of it, I just picked Terry Francona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's listed as like first baseman pinch hitter, right? Yeah, he he played mostly first base. Um, okay. Uh, in his career and also when he was a, a Brewer and a Cub, um, which was only like, let's see, um, where are those numbers again? He um, only appeared in eighty six games with the Cubs and ninety two games with the Brewers, so. Uh, if you put him, if you combine those two, it's almost like a, a whole season. 
Did he uh did he hang it up this year? Is he done now? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay, who did who did the Indian uh who did the Guardians hire as their manager, do you know? Uh I don't remember. Um, okay. I'd have to okay. Google that one. Yeah, uh that's a good question. But uh yeah, Terry Francona, um definitely definitely one of those guys who had a really un- unremarkable playing career. Uh but I who knows, maybe he's going to the Hall of Fame as a manager. I think he's won more than two World Series. Yes, uh for sure. He actually is still the manager. I guess he's coming ah. back. Okay, well, yeah, there, there. Well, you know, what, what else is he gonna do, right? Yeah, well, I, I don't know what exactly what his injury or his like uh, health issues he's been dealing with, but it's, it sounds like a major bummer. He's been away from baseball for the most of the last two years. I feel he has, um, he has. So yeah, hopefully he's okay enough to make it through the season. Um, seems like he's universally liked by everybody. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Definitely, and and a, and a good manager uh, as well. Um, okay, well that's a good. One. We'll get we'll get back to Matt Stairs a little bit later then. Okay. Um, uh, my uh, second baseman was uh, Eric Young Senior. Uh, yeah, EY Senior. <laughs> I like that they they retroactively like they retcon the senior <laughs> onto his name because of his son. Um, but uh, he was also my second baseman too, Jack. Okay, yeah, he uh, he put up some pretty damn good numbers. So I, I was thinking in terms of steals, uh, you know, when we were talking about 152 before, I remember looking at uh, EY's numbers, and yeah, he had 465 career steals. That's got to probably put him in the top 100. Um, yeah, that's true. Well, I could, no, nah, I closed my list already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forget, forget it. But uh, the, guy, <laughs> the guy had three seasons of over 50 steals. That's, uh, that you know, that's no joke. Yeah, absolutely. Um he was uh, definitely a, a crowd favorite with the Cubs. Um, the the brief time he was with the Cubs, um, my memories of Eric Young, uh, besides being like a good like, I'm pretty sure he led off most of the time and just was like just a solid guy, um, a small guy and like yeah five nine one eighty, um, yeah. uh, just an unassuming guy. But like he yeah he was I don't know he was like a little spark plug. Uh, I mean, he hit 297 and 279 in his two years with the Cubs, and then 280 with the Brewers um, in in 02. Uh, he was one of my first, like, when I was getting into, like, my kind of, like, wise-ass fandom. Uh, and so, like, one of the things I would yell at Cubs games when e- when Eric Young was playing, I would say, like, EY, why not? That was my that was my chant that was my thing for it was not I wouldn't call it a chant but that would that's what I would yell for EY, um, which is not a great nickname either. It's like I, nicknames where it's just the first two letters of your first name is like almost like hey let's go back to the drawing board like we can do better than this <laughs> but it is what it is. It seemed to work fine enough for for Eric Young. Yeah, um, he interestingly enough he was a 43rd round draft pick in the 89 draft by the Dodgers out of Rutgers um that's a low draft pick and he was a college player too uh he didn't make his MLB debut until he was 25 and he played uh you know he played from 1992 to 2006 so this was a guy out of the MLB draft that I don't think anybody really expected to make it yeah I know it's weird that's uh you hear stories about guys like making it from like high rounds every now and then but 43 is pretty is pretty pretty down there so i wonder i mean they probably just assumed i mean 59180 is just like maybe that's maybe that's all why cuz you know i don't know yeah. the guy i feel like that would be like a major scouting like uh point 
for a guy. Like he's only five nine. It's like all right, well, you know, we'll take a shot at him uh, in the forty third round, I, I guess. Um, but like, yeah, the the, the scouts didn't uh, didn't know what he could do. I guess no, no, two eighty three for his career and a four four hundred sixty five steals. So uh, that is that's pretty pretty damn good for EY. So I think he's a solid choice. Um, yeah. My short my shortstop is Jose Hernandez. Um, as is mine, Jack. <laughs> nice. Now, well, hey, it was it was slim pickings at that premium yeah. position. And I, I remember, I, I, can al- yeah. I can also say we're gonna have the same third baseman as well. But oh, uh, oh yeah, on. sure, one one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Jose Hernandez for the Brewers. Um, he did make one All Star team with them. He's most famous for uh, I think it was during during the two thousand one or two thousand two season. I can't remember which. He, he led one hundred eighty five strikeouts in oh one. 188 and 02 but I, I remember they they didn't play him in like a very important game at the end of the season um and uh because because the manager of the brewers who i think was jerry royster at the time I, I can't remember but the manager was trying to avoid having him set the major league record for strikeouts in the season so they sat him um in a game that had playoff implications for the other team even though jose hernandez had made the all-star team so i think this must have been 2002 um but like that was a that that was just a fucking clown show um so that that's how i best remember jose hernandez was sitting out so he wouldn't get the all-time strikeout record yeah i remember that i just remember yeah putting up prodigious home or prodigious prodigious strikeout numbers uh and yeah in 01 and 02 around the same time i was yelling ey why not um just Mm. a few miles south of milwaukee but um yeah like I, i yeah it's it's just funny it's like the only way to save him from setting the strikeout record was to lit- to literally take him out of the game. It's not like, you know, it's like they sat like what was uh it was Jose Reyes, right? Uh-huh. Uh t- so he could win the uh, batting title. It's like sure. that they sat him because he would try to get a hit and he might, you know, make an out. But it seems like Jose Hernandez could have just maybe not struck out. Like it seems it seems like there's more ways to not strike out than there are ways to get a hit. And like it's just like they're like he he can't be trusted. We have to sit him. Like he he'll strike he'll swing at a ball in the dirt with two strikes. Um, so we we have to help him help himself, um, and and take him out of the game, uh, which is, just seems pretty bad. So yeah yeah, it's like that game. Uh, I think it was Red Sox Rangers where Mike Miner was trying to get his two hundredth strikeout. Yeah. I think that was like two years ago, twenty nineteen. And then the 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 Red Sox just kept swinging at pitches to like put it in play, mm-hmm. um, so he couldn't get it. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. And then they uh, and then the Rangers dropped a pop up. Um, uh, so yeah, that was uh, that. Just, it yeah. reminds me of a you know similar thing. So uh, yeah, I never uh, I never liked Jose Hernandez too much. No, me neither. Um, I. I... He was the he was the 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 image of he was the picture of Cubs futility for me. Um, like he he would hit homers every now and then. Like he probably hit. He seemed like he hit more homers than he uh, than he had any business hitting. Um, but the fact that he just struck out so goddamn much, and he just like he was not an interesting player. He was just kind of like a square dude, and like just yeah, just uh, yeah, just a bummer really. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I have some yeah. more I could say about him, but I'll, I'll save it. But yeah. <laughs> hey, um, also 188 strikeouts. No one would bat an eye at that now. Um, right. I know. So, so he should have played in a different time. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Jeremy, you said our third baseman would be the same. It's Aramis Ramirez, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Nice. I mean, um, kind yeah. of just yeah, like, mm-hmm. kind of like a guy who, who put up, um, just really good numbers for both teams. Obviously, 
his career with the Cubs was longer and, and more notable, but he put up really good numbers with the Brewers as well. Yeah, he did. He had uh, his first season with the Brewers. He had 50 doubles, which is which is pretty great. Uh, over 100 RBIs, and he had 300. Like that, that's a that's a great season. I think that 2012 team. No, that was a 2011 team that made the uh, NLC, NLCS. I think not the 2012. But still, um, yeah, he he was a pretty solid player for them. Um, towards the end of his career, uh, they signed him to uh, maybe a, like a three-year extension after that, or maybe it was a four-year deal overall. I don't know. But uh, his last year, he was hurting. He was just kind of washed up. But yeah. I always liked him. He he was a he was a good player. Yeah, he did. He I feel like he gave the Brewers as much as they could have asked for. Like yes. the Cubs kind of um, moved on from him because I feel like they 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 weren't expecting him to you know, be able to keep up the, the production that he did. I mean, the fact that the, the way that the Cubs got around Mr. Ramirez to begin with, we never really talked about it on the podcast, but the fact that they even got him is just ridiculous. Like the, um, I forgot the name. Is it Dave Littlefield or was he the, it was either Dave Littlefield or Neil Huntington. And then one of those was the recent Padre or Pirates uh, GM, but I think it was Dave Littlefield. Yeah. I think um, Huntington is the more re- re- uh, recent one. Okay. Yeah. So Dave Littlefield, like, was the GM and like for some reason he traded like a young, you know, third base like future like a guy who had who already showed, you know, baseball that he had a lot of promise. So for some reason they traded him within the division uh, to the Cubs, you know, which just moves like that never happened. Um, and and the the Cubs completely fleeced the Pirates in that trade. They got Kenny Lofton and Aramis Ramirez in that trade for uh Bobby Hill who was like a second base prospect and some other uh rando uh prospects and like none of them turned out for the Pirates and um Kenny Lofton was like the lifeblood of like the 03 team like after he came over and then they had Aramis Ramirez for years just became the franchise became the first solid third baseman in the Cubs organization since Ron Santo so like you know it's that was a crazy trade for the Cubs yeah, Jose Hernandez was involved in that trade as well. Right. Okay. So that's yeah. Okay. So that's the thing is like they that's that's right. So that that's it's crazy that they got so they signed Jose Hernandez in '03. They got him back somehow, and I remember just thinking like, why did we get this guy back? He's horrible. Um, and then they were able to actually send him in that deal. Yes, of course. I would have kicked myself for for forgetting that, but they actually were able to move him. It's like. One of those things where, like, you sign a guy, he's horrible, and then you're you're kind of like like if it would be like if the it's not exactly like it, but it's not like that at all, I suppose. But it's like if somehow the Cubs were able to trade Jason Hayward, it's like oh my god, you mean we got someone to take Jason Hayward? Like, thank God, bless that, bless those people. But um, yeah, so it was crazy that they were able to not only get those guys, but get rid of Hernandez in the in the process. Yeah, I I really don't understand that trade from the the Pirates' perspective. When you when you see that in two thousand one, uh, as a twenty three year old, in his first full season with the Pirates, he hit thirty four homers, drove in one hundred and twelve runs, and he hit three hundred. Yeah. Um. And like they, you know, two years later they traded him. That it, that doesn't make any any sense to a team in their division. And then for the next decade, he just cr- he just crushed uh, the Pirates. Yeah, that's it's the exact reason why you don't make that trade. But the thing is, people already knew that before that happened. I guess just for some reason, the Pirates didn't know it that year, I guess. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, well, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I guess we came to a consensus 
on that one. Um, the, ne the next one is a catcher. Uh, we might have had the same guy here, Jeremy. I'm going to go with another another former Brewer, Pirate, uh, or Cub okay. and Pirate, uh, Jason Kendall. Yeah, I took Jason Kendall too, although I wanted to maybe, I mean, I for the sake of, of argument, uh, I'll, I could swap out Kendall, but I did. I Kendall ended up edging out another guy who I wanted to put there. Um, but yeah, uh, tell us about Jason Kendall. Yeah, well, I mean, it, that, that would have been really exciting when the Brewers got him if he he was anything like the player he was with the uh, the Pirates. He, I, I remember he was really good with the Pirates um, when I was a kid. I was always like, man, this guy's this guy's freaking good for a catcher. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at his first few years with the uh, the Pirates, like he played in almost every single game. I mean, he played in 157 games in 2001. That's crazy. He only hit 266 that year. But his first four years were basically all uh, his first five years. We're all well over 300, except for one 294 season. Um, yeah. The guy played like every single day. He uh, like more than any catcher in the league. Um, uh, and you know the the Brewers would just would just throw him in there every day. He, he had gotten to the point where he, he couldn't hit the the warning track from second base, um, so he just he had no power yeah. at the end of his career. But um, yeah, he was a pretty good player at 288 for his career. He's not not a Hall of Famer, but he had over 2,200 hits. In his career, so as much as he kind of offensively kind of sucked for the Brewers, um, he was he was a good player. Yeah, I mean the his 2000 season uh, where he made the All Star team, he hit he played in 152 games, uh, 14 homers, 320 batting average, um, yeah, and uh, 412 on OBP, so 882. Um, his OPS wasn't that impressive because he he didn't like hit that many uh, extra base hits, but like. 320 for a catcher um and even giving like 14 homers on top of that is you know that's a thing of beauty for yeah and he, and he had 22 steals the guy the guy stole 189 yeah. bases in his career yeah for sure yeah it's uh interesting um yeah uh you know yeah i mean like as a cub like you know he i we, we've talked about him before i think um like mm -hmm. he, he kind of was he kind of was a breath of fresh air for the for that 07 cubs i believe um and then yeah, he went to the Brewers after that, um, and and yeah, just the the numbers were were down a little bit, but um, he was yeah he was definitely at the end of a well uh, well worn career, I guess. For sure. Um, now we're going to the bench here, uh, our utility guy, bench guy. So well, I'll just Mance. give a I'll yeah. just give a quick shout out with my the the catcher that I was gonna go with that I really wanted to go with was Henry Blanco. Oh um, yeah, Hank, Hank White. Yeah, All right. The guy who I saw walking down Clark uh, on the day of uh, Game Five of the World Series. No um, shit. Walking into. You know, the... I don't think you ever told me that. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw. I he was just walking to the stadium. I don't know where. I don't know where he lived or where he was coming from. I wonder if he like took the Irving bus, the Irving yeah. Park bus or something. But uh, yeah, I just saw him walking down and. Yeah, like, because I, I walked down to the stadium that day, like, earlier in the day, and, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. saw him. And nice. Was, cool. was he their quality control coach at that point? I, something like that. One of those weird, like, assistant catching coach or some some weird yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he's the, a bullpen coach now for, like, the Nationals and maybe some other team. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was just a, a backup catcher. He was around for a long time. Good glove. Um, I think well-liked. Yep, could have been an extra in like a L.A. gangster movie, you know? <laughs> um, Henry Henry Blanco. Yeah, right, right. Um, you should have got his autograph, Jeremy. Yeah, um, that was before the time that I was back into doing that sort of stuff. I definitely would have hounded him for one. 
<laughs> sure. Um, nice. Well, that, yeah, that's a that's a good story. Um, you never know who you're going to see after a Cubs game walking down Clark. Yep. Um, okay, yeah, so my bench guy, uh, I guess we'll do him first. I think we already know who yours is. We'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, Lenny, uh, Lenny Harris. I had to pick Lenny Harris. So... Was, how many games did Lenny Harris appear in with the Cubs? <laughs> and when? Uh, 75. He was on that 03 team, too. God, did Dusty Baker just dragged out all of these, like, goofy, like, fringe guys for that 03 team, like, or in his in his tenure as a as Cubs manager. God, yeah, I don't, that's... again, I don't really remember the context of Lenny Harris on the 03 Cubs. Yeah, um, a 38-year-old Lenny Harris on that team. Uh, he hit Jesus. 183, and he, he had 146 plate appearances. And he hit 183. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that. He, he was the, uh, I think he's famously known as the uh, being the all-time leader in pinch hits, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, I, be- I believe that still stands. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, did, does it? I feel like someone maybe might have been challenging him for that. I, I can't, I can't I be certain. No. Um, yeah. What a, str- what a strange career, though. He played the whole 2002 season with the Brewers. Um, typical Lenny Harris year: 122 games played, 197 official at bats, 305 average for them as a 37-year-old. Not bad. That was his only, his only season with the Brewers. Uh, he played everywhere, although oddly in his. Uh, Jesus, how long did he play? Eighteen years. Uh, never played in the American League, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, just a guy who just a guy who was a career backup, but he he played 18, 18 years of it. So teams must have seen something in Lenny Harris. I guess he was a guy who could come off the bench and and get you a hit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't. There's too many names to follow in here, but I think he he seems to be even seems to have been involved in a uh, three way trade between the Mets. Brewers and Rockies, um, somehow, and uh, it also involved Jeremy Burnitz. So um, that was an O two. Um, so that would explain why I think his um, his his Brewers career didn't last very long. Um, Jack, August second, two thousand three, released by the Cubs. So okay, the Cubs as they were making their push for the playoffs, they released him. So um, and then, wow, yeah. and then he, he signed right away as, uh, with the Marlins. Yeah, and I uh, yeah, and I think. Yeah, because I mean, I'm like, did he did he appear in that Bartman game? I, I kind of feel like he did. But... Oh yeah, because he would have went with the Marlins, right? Yeah, yeah, those two teams played each other. Yeah, I'm. I'll have to take a look at his. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want to dig into Lenny Harris's postseason game logs, but um, now is not the time or the place. But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess objectively speaking, again, this is a guy who would hurt get hurt on my list for not really having much of a career with either of the teams. Um, but but like overall speaking, he, he probably should be the bench guy, uh, the pinch hitter, and I should probably just move stairs to first base. But <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. Hey, one one other thing, uh, Lenny Harris was drafted on June sixth of nineteen eighty three. Um, that's, nice. that's crazy. I mean, the guy, the guy played professional, started playing professional ball in 83. So he was, a, you know, by the, t- that, that's 20, 20 years, 20 years before the 2003 Cubs. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, he, uh, got two at bats in that series. Um, and he went over two. Um, so not, man, he didn't come back to hurt them, but I'm almost <laughs> like, I almost like have like these memories. I'm like, did I, was I afraid that Lenny Harris would come back and, 
and burn the Cubs because they released him and then he ended up facing them in the playoffs. But uh, if I had that fleeting thought, it was quickly uh, quelled by his uh, in in uh, ineffectiveness. So. Dusty Baker was probably pissed that he was like playing for the Marlins. He was probably like, "Man, I told you, I told you guys, I told you guys, somebody yeah. would want this guy if we let him go." Not Lenny. Uh. Not Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Dusty Baker still managing. Um, yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So you got Matt Stairs. That Matt Stairs. We could get into Matt Stairs now. I guess at this point, we haven't really talked too much about Matt Stairs on this podcast. Is that yeah. right? No, I don't think so. I mean, okay. So when you when you look at a guy. And you know that there's a team called the Brewers. It's like this guy is a Brewer. There never was a more a guy who was more a team than Matt Stairs is a Brewer. I mean, he looks like he's a a Brewer. Whatever a Brewer is, like a beer Brewer, I guess. But like he like I don't know if he's the guy who like like stirs the big pot, the big cauldron of beer, or like he smells like the hops. Like I'm just picking like these tropes of beer commercials um but like he's like wearing those like those like plastic waders or something like that that's matt's matt stairs fits all of those scenarios um i i he's one of my favorite players of all time just because he's such a a goofy guy just like a short five foot nine 200 pounds like he was like you know shaped like a bowling pin um like had a had the curly hair had like a goatee had like a mullet was balding i think um, just like a character, like just like a goofy character. Um, what's not to like about Matt Stairs? Um, yeah, and, so, and he he played until he was forty three. Yeah, I know he was in the league forever, like yeah. nineteen years. Yeah, um, he played from nineteen ninety two to two thousand eleven. Yeah, I freaking love Matt Stairs. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know what else to say about him. Like he was only on the Cubs for one season. Um. Was he? He was only on the Brewers for one season. Like that is so sad. Like he wasn't on yeah. many teams for many years. Like he was on the A's for five years. Uh, he played but, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you I, know, this is interesting. I think maybe we've talked about this. Before. Well, this is crazy. I wonder how many people did this. Matt Stairs played his first two years in baseball on the Expos. And then came back and played on the Nationals in 2011. Um, that that's crazy. Like what was that? 17 years later. Like uh, 19, 1990. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess 18. Um, 18 years later, 93 yeah, yeah. to 2011. So yeah. he came back. Like who did that? Who was on the Expos left and then came back to the Nationals? That's oh. Now, that would be an interesting episode, Jeremy. Like, you know, yeah. number of guys who played on, like, a franchise and then a franchise when it was somewhere else. I can't, I can't even almost think of, think of like, this scenarios. Yeah, because there are guys who were on the Expos and traveled and, like, stayed with the team to Washington. I think Chad Cordero, maybe. But, like, sure. who did that, especially with that many years in between? Like, that's pretty – that's interesting. That's That's – this guy never fails to, uh, you know, have be a statistical anomaly or a baseball <laughs> anomaly. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't understand uh, Matt Stairs's career though. Like no. he, he had two, like whenever he was a an everyday player, he did really well. Like yeah. he, he, he had three years in the late nineties where he, he played every day for Oakland, and he hit like you know he hit over twenty five home runs every year. Two of those times, he had over a hundred RBIs too. The guy, the guy could hit. Yeah, yeah, and he hit two ninety four. Um, the year he hit the 106 RBIs, like 
294 and then dropped to 258 but but still you take that with 38 homers i mean yeah i know what a what a odd guy um yeah i don't know well he made, he made almost 20 million dollars in his career which actually se- it seems low considering it he does. played 20 years i know um, it's uh, yeah right exactly yeah yeah um yeah it's just weird um i do have an autographed card of matt stairs it's one of my favorite cards in my collection and like nice. uh, yeah i wish i wish i'm not even sure if he had he must have like one cubs card but uh i need to uh, make sure i own that because um yeah <laughs> I, I, I value his time on the cubs yeah nice that that's a that's a fantastic one yeah you're right you're right jeremy no player has ever looked like they belong on a team more than matt stairs and the brewers except for maybe anthony rizzo and the yankees uh, I don't know. That <laughs> might be a bit, after looking at that card, man. That may, might be a run for the oh, money boy. there. Um, okay. Well, we're getting into pitchers now. Um, so I guess we we could do like uh, uh, one pitcher, uh, one reliever, and uh, how how about that? How about one yeah. one pitcher, one reliever? That sound good? Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, my starting pitcher. Surprisingly, I didn't think I was going to pick this guy, but I picked Jamie Navarro. I picked him too, Jack. I mean, really? Yeah, no way. Yeah. Wow. I okay. Mean, yeah, you just can't argue with it. Like, I mean, he was a White Sox too, I believe. He was. Um, just, just that's a funny three teams to play for in your career. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, he was like, I think he was the Cubs' opening day starter one year, and he was like a solid, very solid Brewers pitcher. And so, like, definitely by like the criteria of like quality time spent with both teams and then just overall and then effectiveness while on those teams like it's kind of hard to pick anybody but Jamie Navarro I feel yeah his first his first four years with the Brewers were really solid um he had a bad 93 season and a 94 season and I think just because of like that like that 94 season the first kind of season I really started to get into specific players and and baseball really he 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 was bad that year but uh looking uh looking at those stats his first couple years with the Brewer, uh, Brewers and then his two years with the Cubs where he was an innings eater and uh, he, had, he had good ERA uh yeah he, he was good uh, he was good for the first few years of his career yeah, no, I mean, and then when you look at his Cubs numbers, like there's nothing like, yes, he as as a as a person who was watching the Cubs almost every day back then, like I was 14, 15 years old. Um, it, it was you were not excited to have Jamie Navarro as your pitcher. But to, to be completely honest and blunt, I mean, I think he was the ace of the team, which is, again, just another indictment of the team. But like there's nothing to complain about about Jamie Navarro's stint as a Cub. I mean. 29 starts, 328 ERA, 14 wins uh, in 95. And in 96, he started 35. Um, yeah, 236 innings that that uh, that year um, with a 392 ERA and 15 wins. I mean, you can't really complain about that. That's that's solid. It, it, yeah, it truly is. Um, and uh, uh, just I think just for the sake of comedy, too, like, you know, he he signed a big free agent deal with the White Sox the after the '96 <laughs> season, and then he was completely terrible for the White Sox. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Yeah, I think it, it looks like I'm, I'm looking at it here. It looks like it was a four-year, twenty million dollar deal. Um, so five mil a year, which was a lot, um, you know, at that time. Uh, yeah, and he was awful. Uh, his, his three full seasons with the Sox, he had a 5.79 ERA and 200 plus innings. 636 in over 170 and then 609 in a 160 innings. So, yeah. yeah, he was he was fucking dreadful for that team, but he was good for the Cubs and Brewers. Yeah, for sure. 606 uh, cumulative ERA. 
over three years with the White Sox, which is not good. You don't pay no. $20 million for a 606 ERA <laughs> um, in the, in any era of baseball. Um, no. Yeah, so that's not good. But, um, but yeah, that's that's funny. He had to sneak in seven damn games with the Indians in uh, 2000, but he could have spent his whole career with the Brewers – White Sox and, and Cubs that would have been that would have been pretty funny. Yeah, the the perfect trifecta. Um, okay, well uh, I, I definitely think we're gonna have a different reliever here, Jeremy. Um, my okay. guy was my guy was uh, Ray King. Okay, the, Jack, this was maybe one of the hardest categories to pick just one guy. Yeah, um, there have been some good some decent guys for for them. Yeah, relievers. Yeah, and I even I had one guy and then I'm like. This guy definitely deserves to be the guy, but I had to swap him out for another guy. But yeah, Ray King is um is is a hard one to pick. Although I will say, just again, like not many. How many appearances did he appearances did he have with the only, Cubs? Only ten with the only yeah. ten games with the Cubs, and only ten and two thirds innings pitched. So I I couldn't have ever told you he was on the Cubs. I was very right. surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the guy's got like a great headshot or headshots on baseball <laughs> reference. Um, looks like he has no business being a professional athlete. Um, no. but I think the, his nickname is burger according, uh, <laughs> I love that. according to baseball reference, which, um, I mean, I guess his last name is King, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, which makes sense, but the, the dude was a fucking King man. Um, pretty good pitcher. Uh, he was, a, he was a loogie, um, mm-hmm. a left-handed one out guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, why not, man? You know, it uh, d- didn't look like a baseball player at all, but he got the job done, and he pitched for about 10 years. Yeah, for sure. He looks like a a youth football coach or a youth football assistant coach or something. <laughs> like, yeah, he just – like, I could see him on the sidelines saying, like, come on, man, tackle him. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's from Chicago, debuted as a Cub. That's cool. Um, no – again, yeah, me, no recollection of him uh, as a Cub at all. Um but uh, yeah, he was a guy for 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 several years as a yeah like a loogie. So um, yeah, I mean that's a he's a good one for sure. Um, for for those reasons, just like for just being around, I almost I wanted to pick Dave Weathers, and I really felt like he um, he deserved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, father of um, Ryan Weathers, Ryan. who we saw yeah. last year. Sure did. Um, I think he got a hit. Um, I think he got a couple hits, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but I had to go like you. Can, I can't. I feel like you can't talk Brewers and then also Brewers Cubs without Dan Plesac. So I had to. I sure. had to pick Dan Plesac. Yeah, he was on my list originally, um, yeah. and uh, you know, yeah. So uh, that's that's a good one. Three All Star teams with the Brewers in the late '80s. Um, so he was. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, very good with the Brewers. Um, he. Uh, let's see. He actually didn't start any games as a Cub. I thought he did. He started 14 career games. Um, ten in nineteen ninety one, and um four in nineteen ninety two. This is a weird thing. Like he was a he made three All Star teams as a Brewers reliever, uh, and then like two years later they started him for ten games. I'm not sure why, but yeah. uh, you know, there I I don't know if he wanted that or they needed guys or what. Um, I know baseball was kind of different back then, but but you know, when you have an All Star relief pitcher. Why have him start ten games? I'm not sure, but yeah, he came came to the Cubs and didn't put up that great numbers with the Cubs. But I remembered him being like kind of good overall. I mean, four a four ERA can be deceptive for a relief pitcher, um, but overall, just like a, a classic relief pitcher in baseball, and like a lot of times not a closer, just like a setup guy. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Over a thousand games uh, pitched in relief. Yeah, right. I know that's crazy. Um, so, uh, and he's a funny guy. Um, funny on the MLB Network. I don't know if I met him. If I would find have the uh, the outlier reality check. <laughs> where sure. I thought he was a funny guy, and then he's a complete asshole. Um, although. <laughs> I might have I might have part, uh, contri- contributed uh, contributed to that uh, situation, mm-hmm. but but I do overall like Plesak. He's a lefty. Um, he's from Gary, Indiana, which is kind of funny if you're from uh, the Midwest or from Chicago. Like Gary gets crapped on a lot. I believe at one point it was the murder capital of the United States, um, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> home of the Jacksons. So a couple dubious honors there, but. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I like Dan Plesak. I'm a Dan Plesak fan, so I had to put him on my relievers list. Nice. Yeah, that was a good choice, and I, I almost went with him too. Um, uh, yeah, I was also going to maybe pick Jeremy Jeffress, but uh, you know, his, his agent ruined his life, his ex-agent, so I didn't... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, maybe... Yeah, I had no, no idea what, what, what's going on with that. When word comes out that you didn't pick him, he might tweet, uh, Jack from Rain Delay Theater ruined my life, so I don't know. <laughs> um, there's a couple you know contenders on there like uh carlos villanueva was like a a decent guy like if you had like a spot starter long reliever spot you'd have to pick him um and brandon kinsler i feel like was you know like pretty good for both teams yep man looked at him too yeah yeah he's still pitching he's oddly with the phillies this year i I remember seeing him pitch and he's against the cubs and he just looked totally washed up yeah yeah for sure so we'll, I'm sure he'll try to get on a team this year. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he still pitches. But, um, yeah, I would say reliever that out of, out of all the places, uh, there was the most depth there. Uh, so that was, a, that was a good one. Um, well, Jeremy, I think it's time to get to the uh, guy you wish you could scrub from the history of your team. Um, you ready to do this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this guy was uh, not on the Brewers for very long. But uh, I, I can't believe we missed him for worst of fame. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Beret. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, also a former White Sox too. He was, um, he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, I'm trying to pull up Jason Beret's numbers. There he is. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, he, again, just, uh, uh just, I get exasperated thinking about it, but just like the, the image of Cubs futility, Jason Beret, um, ended <laughs> his career as a Cub too. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, that that makes sense. Um, let's see, his Brewers career number is 488 ERA. Yeah, how is this guy not? This guy might be a case for the Veterans Committee for. Uh, oh yeah, fame. his career ERA in 11 years is 514. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And, yeah, and his 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 numbers with the Cubs were garbage too, Jeremy. Like you said, uh, just Cubs futility. Started 32 games, uh, 431 ERA, which I, I that's just a, the you know the picture of average, but. Uh, his 2002 season started 16 games at a 5.67 ERA, and he was one in ten. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. One, it's, I mean, that's a that's that's pathetic. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's just pathetic. Um, so yeah, yeah, I had never realized how bad he was. I certainly remember him. Um, I remember him with the White Sox too, because mm-hmm. uh, he had a pretty good Stratomatic card um, that in that '94 season. But uh, yeah, I, I never realized he actually sucked. So that, there you go, <laughs> Jason Bure. Jason Bure, we didn't realize you sucked, <laughs> but you did. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, 
I have a I have a I have a joke one for my for for my erase guy, which would be the second stint of Jose Hernandez on the Cubs, <laughs> which we, we ended up getting into anyway. But um, still, can't believe that they actually were able to trade him. Um, it's pretty crazy. But Jack, I have to go with uh, Latroy Hawkins. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, I was almost going to pick him for reliever because he, you know, had a very long career. But uh, yeah, I yeah. think Cubs fans have some beef with Latroy Hawkins, so oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I actually don't. Yeah, like I don't think based on his numbers, he deserves to be erased from from the record books. But um, he's just uh, just a pile of crap. And um, what what is the uh, what 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 was it again? He well, he blew the the 04 season like he was the closer and he shouldn't have been the closer he was a setup guy in Milwaukee in uh, Minnesota he shouldn't have been the closer it's like I hated when they did this with Carlos Marmol too it's like who says that if you have a a really good eighth inning guy why do you have to turn him into a closer like if he's good in the eighth inning just keep put, putting him out in the eighth inning um it's kind of frustrating um and uh you know, so you could almost make that argument, but but he he pissed away the the Cubs playoff chances in 04 single handedly. Like he blew two saves in a row, I believe, um, to uh, to 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 ruin the Cubs chances. And part of that was uh, Dusty Baker's fault for like trotting him back out there. But at some point, I don't even remember if it was after this meltdown or it was the, I think it might have been the next year. But he blew up at reporters and he said like, "I can do your job, you can't do mine." Um, and he was just a complete asshole, like in a meltdown, just snapping back at the reporters because he was frustrated that he was pitching bad. Um, and he could not write a, a sports, uh, column, <laughs> a daily column. He, he couldn't cover the beat of a baseball team for 162 games. Uh, so, uh, that's inaccurate that he could do their job, but they couldn't do his. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's just a complete asshole. Um, and stuck around for so many more years after that. Um, and, and was kind of like, I think like, uh, he he was kind of like overall like lauded for his career. Um, and I think he was on MLB network or Fox sports or something for a while. And just, I, what an asshole. I don't know. Yeah. Also, also from, also from Gary, Indiana. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it feels like, uh, him being on the 2004 Cubs was a, a real Dusty Baker thing. Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that that's a good one, Jeremy. I when I, when I saw Latroy Hawkins on this this list, I was wondering if we were going to get that story tonight. So um, yeah, for sure. I'm glad we did. That's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I just had like three guys of note, real quick. Um, and you know, uh, you can uh, mention anybody too, Jeremy, that, uh, y- you know, you had your eye on that didn't really make this list, but one of them was Ben Grieve. Do you remember Ben mm. Grieve? Um, uh, yeah, barely. I, I, again, I think a guy who kind of came up in my dark years, but I remember his later latter stint with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He was the second overall pick in 1994. He had a moment with the A's in the late nineties. He was pretty good with them, um, mm. for a couple of years. Uh, kind of seemed like he was going to be a big deal. Uh, and then he just, he went to Tampa and uh, he never really did anything else. Uh, spent half a season with the Brewers. I couldn't have told you he was on the 2004 Brewers. I had no idea, but he was. Uh, and that's that's a, Ben Grieve is a classic. Remember some guys type of guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to mention him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think like I think it's hurt a little bit too by the fact like I think his dad was a pretty big deal 
um, for people a little older than us, uh, Tom Grieve uh, in uh-huh. the 70s. So, um, so yeah, I think people remember his dad maybe more than Ben Grieve himself. But, um, but yeah, um, yeah, just, you know, didn't really – yeah, actually, so he was on the 0405 Cubs. I mean, I don't even want to look up what those records were, but, um, but yeah, definitely a guy who like kind of came to prominence when I wasn't paying too much attention. Um, and uh, yeah, just a guy nice. at the end of his um, career. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, for sure he was. Uh, there, there was one guy. I don't know if you've heard of this dude. I, I never had. Um, but his name was Ray Burris. Uh, I just clicked mm-hmm. on him. Um, he, he's definitely a guy who, if you, you you grew up following baseball in the '70s and '80s, maybe like our friend Paul Turner, uh, you would you would certainly remember this guy. I'd never heard of him, but uh, he pitched about 15 years. He was a starting pitcher, and he pitched over 2,000 career innings to a 4.17 ERA. So he was, he was kind of just a guy. Um, but he you know he he ended his career with the Brewers, started it with the Cubs uh, in '73. Uh, I had never heard of him, so just interesting. I don't know if you'd ever heard of him, Jeremy. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, I I know the name, uh, but I don't. I think that there is something like notable of him. I kind of wish one thing that Baseball Reference. I'm not gonna. First of all, Baseball Reference um, came through again. Like you can apparently, like if, I'm not sure if people knew this, but you can go to Baseball Reference and like do a search of it's like multi franchise players. I think is the search, and you can pick like I think you can pick more than more than one uh, or more than like two franchises um you can do up to four i think and see like you know who who played on like four different franchises like if you want to see someone who played on the the cubs uh brewers uh white Sox, and indians uh if there's anyone (laughs) else besides jamie navarro uh, navarro um you can find that um but it saved our bacon for the for the purposes of this podcast episode but um yeah i know of burris um and like what I was gonna say is like I wish Baseball Reference had like a a, a, a news story section, you know, of like sure. things why like you know that it would have like for Jake Peavy. I mean, I'm sure players don't want this, but it would you know it would have like the airport arrest incident for Jake Peavy on there, just so you could like kind of reference like where you may have heard this guy from, maybe off the field. But yeah, right, or like the shoplifting incident for Mike Leake. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so um, yeah, like. Yeah, like a police plotter, I guess. But yeah, maybe. Well, hey, maybe, Jeremy, that's what people got this podcast for. I was going to say need... that that's what yeah. we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I feel like there's something about Ray Burris, but uh, I don't want to condemn the man. But um, yeah, I know of his name for sure. Okay. Okay. So yeah, those those were my uh, two guys of note. Did you have anybody else that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I was going to search, and I don't. I, I'm trying to find out. Um, yeah, he was only on two games with the Brewers, so it, it wouldn't be much of a thing. But I did see Bob Scanlon's name pop mm. up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember Bob Scanlon. Yeah, just kind of like a, I don't know, like a babyface kind of guy. Six foot seven, 215 pounds. Um, I remember him as a Cub. Um, I remember being at a game, and I don't remember, I, I don't think I told the story on the podcast, but it was like kids, cl- they used to do like, you know, they would do kind of like the same giveaways or the same promotions every year. And one, one year or like one promotion that they did every year was the kids clinic. And, um, I remember like we would go, I have these memories of like looking at the Cubs schedule when it would come out and we would go to games based on the giveaway. Um, as I'm sure a lot of people did, but I went one year to the Cubs kids clinic or whatever, and we got to go on the field and there were like five stations, um, and you would go to these stations and after every like, t- you know, 10 minutes or you would shift, you know, and go to the next station. And like, there would be someone talking about like 
fielding and about hitting and whatever. And um, it was like coaches or something, maybe like a bench player or something. I don't remember any of the players who would do it. But in my mind, I was only there to get autographs. Mm-hmm. And I remember like going to the different stations and then Bob Scanlon was some for some reason like on the sidelines. Maybe he was warming up or whatever, and he was signing autographs uh, for people in the stands. But a bunch of kids like were near him and saw that he was on the field signing autographs. So a bunch of kids broke off from the kids' clinic and went and got autographs from him. And whoever was like running the kids' clinic it was probably some like intern, like Cubs employee, probably similar to like the Cubs kid. What did we call him? Was oh, that Brewers, Brewer's kid. Brewer's kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> probably similar to that guy. He was like, oh, excuse me, like, could you please get back with the kids clinic? And like everyone was just like, like, no, we got to get this kid with this guy's autograph. It's a real player. Like you haven't promised us any autographs. This this is a real autograph. We got to get this guy's autograph. And it was Bob Scanlon. So I got Bob nice. Scanlon's autograph like on the field of the Cubs, uh, you know, um, during it. I also think like kids were like tearing up grass and keeping it. And so I can see why they, they stopped doing the kids' clinic <laughs> for these reasons. But that's my memory of Bob Scanlon as a Cub. Nice. Jesus, um, man. When's the last time you got a Cubs player's autograph like at the field? Yeah, no. I mean, I don't even know. Like, um, uh, Yeah, I thought maybe it could happen when um, when I saw the pitching uh, warm-ups like that last game of the year or something like that. But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, so, so yeah, that's my memory of Bob Scanlon. Bob Scanlon, like, I think now does, like, pre- and post-game for the Padres or something. I oh, think. really? Yeah, wow. um, I think he's part of the the Padres broadcast network, last I checked, at least. But that was a guy who stood out to me. Um, yeah, uh, Frank DePino, like, has no games credited. Or, no, actually, yeah, he... Where is he now? He was mostly like he was known for being a cub, but he was also a a cardinal. Um, I remember my grandmother like liked him, like she had a crush on him. I remember um, uh-huh. he was just like a silver fox kind of guy, um, very like seventies looking kind of guy. Um, he was on the eighty one Brewers and the eighty six to eighty eight Cubs. I remember he went to the Cardinals and then got in a brawl with Mark Grace, like like almost immediately after leaving the Cubs. And I think there was some like bad blood there. Um, there's actually, yeah, we, we should look into that sometime. If we ever do a brawls episode, um, mm-hmm. that would be a fun one to talk about. Cause I think I, I researched the story and I found it from when it happened in like 1992 or something. Um, uh, and like, I think grace has a quote saying like, yeah, you know, a lot of guys in this clubhouse remember DePino, like what his, what he was like last year. And, it might have played into the fact that there was a brawl or something, something like that. It was kind of funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, apparently it was a brewer for two games. So that name stood out to me. Um, that's really it. There's a lot of just like rando guys, um, you know, on these, on these lists, you mentioned Doug Jones, Jack, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Doug Jones. I didn't know he was dead. Yeah. Um, PTL Doug Jones. Um, yep. I don't, uh, I don't remember him as a cub. That's the crazy thing about it. I'm like, I wonder why he came up. And I'm like, he was on the Cubs in 1996. Like, that's crazy. I don't remember that at all. He was. Yeah, I mean. He was good. He was like post good. I mean, that's when most Cubs got guys like that after they were good. But (laughs) crazy. Yeah, no, I remember him having a whole bunch of saves for the Brewers uh, uh, one year. Um, I I like that they called him mild thing 
Uh, that's uh, that's pretty fun. Cause I remember he threw like you know seventy miles an hour or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, well, I, I think we uh, you know we remembered some guys today, Jeremy. Was some good stuff. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm this episode had to happen eventually, so I'm, I'm glad it did. Yeah, now that we found this tool for um, on Baseball Reference, I mean, folks, be ready for the like you know the Baltimore Oriole and uh, Miami Marlin, you know, guys <laughs> who played for both franchises, like the, the possibilities uh, and, and like just sheer insignificance of it are, are endless. So, right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a Cubs and White Sox episode at some yes. point. So yeah, there sure will be, you know, maybe we can make this a yearly thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, we're at right, right about 90 minutes. So uh, I think it's a good time to sign off. Um, uh, we and may so- have an event. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, an event coming up, right? Yeah, Jack? yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we're going to be going to a basketball game. Is that right, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, we we already announced that, didn't we? On the pod, I believe we did. So that's that's next week, right? Yeah, right. That's right. We got to get those tickets. But um, yeah, so <laughs> listeners yeah. don't don't go out and buy buy up all the tickets and screw us. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, like we 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 should do that. We're we're gonna do that. Um, we get, we still have a, a fun episode that we'll be bringing you. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess if we don't do that for next week, then we'll have to do it after the, 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 uh, the basketball game, but, uh, we'll have that coming up. Um, oh, yeah. in the meantime, uh, make sure to, uh, check out our social media. Jack already referenced the, the Twitter thing we got going on this year. Um, rain delay hashtag rain delay player of the day. So, uh, you can find us at Twitter, uh, on, on Twitter at rain delay pod. Um, same thing for Instagram and um raindelaytheater.com if you want to check that out um for past episodes but also just check out our soundcloud as well and um raindelaypod at gmail.com for email and uh i think that's all the socials we were on facebook too um you can find us there but uh yeah tell rate, yeah rate, and review. if you know any any players uh families um tell them about <laughs> twitter because we may you know we may be posting their picture yeah, or or vice versa. Like we'll post one just to reach the wife of a former player. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Dante Bichette's uh, wife. I wouldn't be mind if she liked one of our tweets. Uh, that's <laughs> okay. Another story though. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that that sounds good. Uh, for Rain Delay Theater, I am Jack Sokowski. and I'm Jerry Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.